The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is Father John Zolsdorf and another podcast. We welcome back as our guest today, Father Richard Heilman, who is pastor of St. Mary's in Pine Bluff, Wisconsin, which is a few minutes to the west of Madison. I talked with him on the 9th of July in 2016, and uh, we talked long enough that I thought it would be good to break the uh, conversation into two parts, and you're about to hear part two. In the first part, we heard about an interesting thing that happened at the beginning of his pastorate at St. Mary's, and about how he introduced ad orientem worship there, and put a communion rail back into the church, and started using the traditional Latin Mass every Sunday. And here in part two, you're going to hear Father talk about his focus on confessionals and building a confessional. There wasn't one in his church when he took it over. And he talks about the difference between face-to-face confession or going to confession behind a screen. He also talks about some other projects that he has going, like the now becoming more famous combat rosaries and uh, the scapular crucifix. So without further delay, let's hear part two of my talk with Father Richard Heilman, pastor in Pine Bluff, Wisconsin, in the Diocese of Madison. Well, let's, let's shift gears for a, for a second. You not only made this change and added a communion rail back into your church, there was another thing that you added back into your church, you built uh, pretty much uh, an old-style confessional. Right. You put a confessional in right. it because your church, didn't have a, your, your church did not have a confessional right. in it. That was one of the things that did get pulled out, I'm sure, after, after the, in the wake of the council, before you got there. So, right. so um, <clears throat> I remember also... Oh, and maybe some of you, the readers out there, will remember my writing about the project that you had of making, like, the entrance way to the rectory also into a kind of a quick-stop confessional, right? Right, right. right. So I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah, it, it's true. Listen, I, I, I look at what happened, and what did we do? We We said, well, there's a lot of people, and how do we handle that? Okay, let's have these communal penance services. And I think at one time, too, the, there was kind of a trend where p- priests were given general absolution, and it just and they reined a lot of that in. But what happened, in, in my estimation, and people can have their own, is that uh, when you have a communal penance service in Advent and maybe another one at, 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 or another one, if you have one in Lent and maybe another one during Advent, what you're doing is you're conditioning your people to go once, maybe twice a year. And, you know, people can dispute whether it happened or not, but it happened. I mean, when I arrived at these parishes that I had 12 years ago, there were three people going to confession regularly. Three. Um, and people had no sense that this was important, that they go frequently to confession and that they, they do their best to stay in a state of grace and um, and so uh, I look at, okay, I don't agree with communal penance services only because that conditioning element. I think on paper it looks okay, you know, but um, 
So what am I going to do? So I have to, you know, put my money where my mouth is. I have to, I have to, I have to talk about it, I preach about it, but I also have to offer it a lot. And and I looked at my per- personal condition there, and I said, listen, I, I understand how how uncomfortable it would be for someone to pick up the phone and make an appointment. I'm doing the air quotes right now with the pastor to have a confession heard nobody wants to do that you know he's too busy it's kind of awkward and there are people who you know want to remain anonymous they want to remain anonymous too and that's a big thing for me as well is is that um uh i think that uh a lot of people might say they want to go to face to face but again i think there's a conditioning element in there but i think most people relax and feel more comfortable and will come more often if it's offered anonymously. Um, and I've, uh, you know, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, I've just experienced that myself. So you built a confessional that has <coughs> a place where you have a, a physical barrier with a grate, right? right. The old fashioned grate, right. right? And people kneel down. Right. And, um, now in obedience, because again, face to face is an option. If someone, on their side, uh, in their own cubicle. I could talk about that in a second, too. But uh, if they request face-to-face, I can slip open the, um, this, this screen, and then there's a grate where we can see each other. Mm-hmm. Okay? But I, I insisted that there's no possible way for any kind of physical contact. Yeah, and that's just because the unfortunate thing that we've gone through with well, this is the experience yeah. of the church for many centuries. Right. Um, having the the physical barrier there with the grate exactly. just ensures that uh, that uh, there's no right. mis- no one is going to you know, make a mistake of right. some sort. You know. Right, and so so um, so we have a beautiful confessional in the church. I actually the guy who built it is um, you know a friend of a friend and. He's a great talent. But anyways, I, I showed him a picture of the confessional at uh, St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. I said, do this. <laughs> but I think he actually did better. <laughs> I think ours is better. But uh, anyway, it's a beautiful confessional. It's uh, handicap accessible. And, um, but, but it does... And people keep, use it. And people use and it. And as a matter of fact, um, we often have a situation where you or I will hear confessions during Mass. Yes, yeah. Which is uh, something that that some priests for a long time thought was forbidden, right. but which is not forbidden. As a matter of fact, it's actually recommended right. in one of the Holy See's documents. And, and I hear a lot of confessions during that time. I mean, it's just a steady stream, praise God. Um, but what I try to do with confession times, I have the regular one, which was this morning, uh, after my morning Mass, but, um, but then I do say... Listen, I'm available before Mass and after Mass for confession. And uh, every day I, uh, for um, weekday Masses and, and weekend Masses, I make myself available before and after Mass. But I also make myself, I call it my 24-7 confessional in the rectory. Um, and I actually made an app for it where um, they can, instead of feeling awkward or uncomfortable calling me, they can just check the app and see if I'm available during that time. And then they just come over, they ring the intercom, and I call them in, and then there's a kneeler right at my office door right there, 
and there, and I bore a hole in the door and put a screen in there, and uh, and we're going anonymously. They're going anonymously to confession, uh, right there in my foyer, uh, outside my office door. Yeah, that is uh, that is one of the uh, the very cool things that you that you have done. I wrote about that and posted uh, photos of of this this marvelous um, this marvelous setup that you have. It it really is just great because if you're in your office, right, all you have to do is um, close that door and buzz people in, right. and then you can just wheel over in your chair sure. and yeah. sit right there Put at the door. It's just like a confessional. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's yeah. great. And again, they're going anonymously, which I, I, I just... I just feel like that helps a lot of people to um, to have the courage to come and you know spill their guts and get get cleaned up. So, in your time there at St. Mary's, you have taken out the table altar and gone on gone ad orientum. You have put in a communion rail, and now everybody kneels and receives directly on the tongue. You started a men's group called the Knights of Divine Mercy. You put in a confessional, because a real confessional, because there wasn't a confessional in your church. Um, you've got the Knights of Columbus uh, thing going. Um, you also uh, have something that became really pretty famous uh, a little bit ago. Oh, yeah. um, you have, for a long time, been uh, making uh, beautiful rosaries, really tough metal rosaries that are based on the old government issue rosary that was given to military personnel from World War One, World War One, up through Korea, I think. Right. Well, they made them all in 1916, and then yes, they had enough left over for World War One or World War Two. And then Korean board as well. Yeah, and so you got one of these things and thought, hey, let's uh, let's make more of these, right? right? And so you got them in different uh, different shades of metal. You've got right. gold, silver, bronze, and then there's one that's gunmetal, gunmetal, which is a very cool looking rosary. And they're just they're tough and they're virile and um, really just they're they're marvelous. They're marvelous to the point where I suggested to you at one point, gee, wouldn't it be great if the Swiss guards had these rosaries? So, well, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a great idea, and I said, sure. And, and so we sent out, I think it was 150, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. 150 to the Swiss guard. <clears throat> well, um, they were appreciative. Um, and, I don't know, several months went by, and all of a sudden, this news report comes up, and I think you flagged it, you found it, and uh, it was the commandant of the Swiss Guard, he's doing the installation ceremony for... The swearing, the swearing, swearing yeah, ceremony in the early days. Uh, in Rome, and, uh, you know, big regalia and all this, he's doing this big speech, and all of a sudden, he reaches down on the podium and holds up a gunmetal combat rosary and goes... Il combat rosary and, and says in Italian uh, the, uh, the 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 most powerful rosary on the in, on the market today. <laughs> yeah, he he was talking about uh, in his in his address that he he made. He was talking about all the the changing 
times and the danger mm-hmm. that is growing of from attacks and the possibility of attacks not only on the Holy Father but also right. on the guards themselves who have to guard the Holy Father. And um, they were considering all their, their various options and talking about it, and it was just in the time that they were talking about their new approach to spiritual and physical warfare, right. if they needed to, it was just in that moment that the rosaries arrived, hmm. and he distributed the rosaries to all of the Swiss Guard. And at the swearing-in ceremony, he was saying that along with all of the other weapons and preparations and drills and exercises that they have to do as military, they also have to have this spiritual weapon, the most right. powerful, the greatest of their of their their weaponry, as it right. were, is this combat rosary. Right? <laughs> that was that was uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was great. But yeah, <clears throat> I got the inspiration because now can anybody get one of these? Oh or? yeah, yeah. It's at. Uh, if you want to know where to find them, it's at romancatholicgear.com. Um, That's all one word, romancatholicgear.com. Yeah, romancatholicgear.com. But um, the, the inspiration, obviously, is because I have been working for with men uh, for half my priesthood here. I, I, I don't say exclusively, but I've been really working hard with the men. And, uh, and I'm going to give you props again. Is uh, I don't think a day goes by when I'm with you that you don't teach me of another bobble another jewel of the catholic faith our catholic faith is awesome you know i mean and all of these devotions and sacramentals and rituals and rites all this uh is just it's something that i think um we need to all look at again so i am trying to do that with the men so like for instance the rosary you know is this something women do or is this something that our ancestors do no it's an extremely powerful weapon that we can utilize today. And I felt, and again, anybody can have their own interpretation, I felt like a lot of the rosaries looked like women's jewelry, you know? And also, I think nowadays they're, they're not made very uh, t- or strong. You know, they fall apart real easy. Uh, but one day I was, I was uh, looking around for possible rosaries for the men, and I stumbled across this as, a, um, uh, as an antique uh, someone was selling one of these uh, World War One rosaries. Then I started looking into it. I'm going, this is awesome. And uh, I actually contacted somebody who could possibly make the, the ball chain for that. And, and one thing led to another. They sent me a prototype. It was beautiful. And I put on the most powerful medals I could find, the Pardon Crucifix, uh, the uh, miraculous medal and the Benedict medal are all. Yeah, describe that. the Pardon Crucifix. People might not, they might be familiar with the St. Benedict medal and, yeah, but but yeah. So um, Pope Pius X declared that anyone who uh, carries or kisses this particular crucifix would receive indulgences, and so it's been seen for that time as as being a, a powerful uh, crucifix for people. Yeah. Now those indulgences are still described in the in the handbook of indulgences, but right. that doesn't mean it isn't a beautiful, right, good, right, traditional, right, right, and beneficial right. thing to do. Right, right, right. right. So, right. and you also, don't you, recently, haven't you developed another medal? Yeah, so it's it's interesting that Our Lady told St. Dominic... But you're, you know, you're, you're, you're just like in perpetual motion. <laughs> I'm my father's you, son. You keep, uh, you keep really busy. So t- what, t- back to this medal. What, what's, what's well, that? it's interesting that Our Lady told St. Dominic uh, hundreds of years ago that one, the day will come 
when a spiritual war, I'm you know, paraphrasing because I don't have the quote right in front of me, but their spiritual warfare will be fought with the rosary and the scapular. And so I've been a great promoter of the scapular all along. Well, one day I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at the scapular metal too, and I'm looking what that, what's that all about? And again, it was Pope Pius X back in 1910 declared that anyone, once you're enrolled in the cloth scapular, and you have to be enrolled in the cloth, that from that point on, even for convenience, as uh, Father John Harden says in his uh, in his Catholic dictionary, uh, even for convenience, you can wear from that point on the, the scapular medal. Unlike the the uh, the cloth metal, uh, the cloth you do have to get a. Uh, now this is the brown scapular we're talking. About. Brown scapular. Yeah. Unlike the cloth, you you where you don't have to have it blessed each time you would with the metal. So, anyways, so I was aware of all that, and I'm looking at all that. And one day, I'm uh, a friend of mine. He's actually uh, a uh, uh, what is he? A sergeant major in, in the army. In fact, to pray for him, he just left yesterday uh, for overseas. Um, but anyways. He's wearing this thing, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, that's not like anyone I've ever seen, where on the left arm of the cross usually has St. Christopher. This one had the Benedict Medal. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And uh, I started looking into all that, and I said, we we got we to gotta get these. And I, 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 tell, I tell one story, and people can believe it or not, but uh, this spring I was under terrible spiritual assault. Um, and just all this stuff was going on. I won't get into specifics at all, but uh, but I remember one day it all flipped. I mean, it, it all that all that attack turned into all this marvelous goodness, you know. And uh, and that was on a Wednesday. I mean, it was a Thursday. And uh, the, on that Saturday night, I was just had some time to reflect. I'm going, what in the world, Lord, was up with that Thursday? You know. Well, actually, that morning, I had received my first um, sample medal of one of these, and I put the Benedict Exorcism and Blessing on it, and I put it on that morning. And and I've I, I only put two and two together that next Saturday night. But anyways, I do believe in this stuff. I, I, believe, I believe that God has shown us important ways that he wants us to seek him, to seek his grace, and it, sometimes it's in silly things like twiddling beads, you know, and repeating prayers, which the rosary is. <clears throat> I always equate it back all the way to the Garden of Eden. I mean, you can have everything in this garden except that tree over there. You can't eat from that tree over there, you know. I mean, it's a silly request by anybody of the world, you know, or anybody that is filled with pride. Well, I'm not going to answer your silly requests. I'm not going to do your silly things, you know. And I think that's precisely why God asks us to do that. So <clears throat> knowing that too that the um, the scapular has the promise that you know when you're when you when you pass from this life to the next, in essence you'll be recognized as a child of God for wearing this. Um, I thought that was very close to when soldiers wear their dog tags and they die and they're recognized by their dog tags. So I actually, uh, again putting a little muscular masculine theme on it, I call these. Um, <clears throat> these scapular medals that we wear, and I actually use dog tag chain, um, and I call it our Catholic dog tag. So, and it just helps. Well, we are members of the church militant, aren't exactly. we? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Father Heilman, I am very grateful for your time today. Uh, you, you've offered an awful lot to think about. Um, you, you're doing so many things, and I uh, and I know from my 
contact with your parish over the last few years that uh, your efforts are are being blessed by God and people are really benefiting from them. So thank you and keep thank up you. keep up the good work. God bless you. God bless you. That was the second part of my chat with Father Richard Heilman, pastor of St. Mary's in Pine Bluff, Wisconsin, a very busy guy. He actually has three churches in his parish, which is a few minutes to the west of Madison, the Diocese of Madison, where Bishop Morlino, the extraordinary ordinary, reigns supreme. I think that Father's example could inspire many priests out there in these confused times. We need priests who, in charity towards those who are in their care, will act boldly with the right balance of courage and prudence. So thank you very much for listening. This is Father John Zolsdorf. Until next time, please pray for me as I will for you.